0: Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Liana Ross, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm the assistant director of Gooding Wellness Group, and I'm on a mission to answer your real and honest questions, unfiltered, while also giving you the real and honest opinions of a mental health clinician on pop culture and trending topics. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Let's Be Honest Podcast. I'm Liana, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. And today is a listener question episode. So we really wanted to talk about dating culture. Right now, we see the apps, we see all these TV shows with like Love is Blind, Married at First Sight, all of these. But like, what are we really going through in the present day when it comes to, like I said, the dating apps, ghosting, which is what we're going to be talking about? So, and this, and this was also something that a lot of people also shared a lot of their interest on about why am I getting ghosted? It hurts so badly. Um, wh- what can I do differently so that I don't get ghosted? So to help me answer this question, I'm joined by Megan Moraldi, a licensed mental health counselor from J Correa Counseling in Garden City, Long Island. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. So, I wanted to start this off by reading a message that I got from a listener who wrote in, which I always encourage everyone to do, and then we can share on the podcast. So, this was this person's ghosting experience or being ghosted. She said, So I talked to this guy from like literally December 1st to the day before New Year's Eve in 2018, and we ended up hooking up. And the next day, he literally ghosted me on New Year's Eve. I was so insulted and mad because I left his house and he was like, talk to you tomorrow. And he kissed me goodbye. And then bam, I ended up meeting my now boyfriend of three years shortly after. So I forgot pretty quickly. But then literally exactly a year later... (laughs) I get a text from a number I had on do not disturb, but it's not saved in my contacts that said, hey, sorry, my phone died. Where are you at? So I used my internet skills and realized it was New Year's Eve ghosting guy. It was funny in the moment because it was so after the fact and I was in a good relationship, but damn, this guy's got some nerve. And then I think he said later on, an hour later, he also said, I miss you. Something about the holidays, I guess, she added. (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous. Like, my phone died. That is, that's, I mean, that is just ballsy, I think. Seriously, seriously ballsy. So, Megan, start us off about, like, because you and I work with a lot of the same type of population, young young adults, people around our age, even, people who are dating, what do you think about ghosting? Why do people do it? Start us off. So, I think that
1: ghosting really comes from a place of avoidance, trying to avoid an uncomfortable conversation, which highlights two things to me. One is a lack of communication skills, not knowing how to verbalize to someone that you're not interested in them, that you don't see things going anywhere, or maybe you're not ready for what it seems like they are interested in, and two, a lack of emotional regulation skills. And I say that because you are avoiding putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation because you don't know how to regulate when you are feeling uncomfortable. So rather than putting yourself in that position, you avoid. Most people know ghosting is messed up. Yes. So... You kind of rationalize it to yourself when you do it that, all right, this is the best case scenario. This is better for me. And maybe even rationalize it's better for the other person. I'm not going to hurt their feelings. But everybody who's been on the other end of ghosting knows that it hurts really bad.
0: Yes, and no matter how long you've known someone, and like you were saying, it's like we justify it. And, I, and I'm and i guilty of it too, right? Like I mm-hmm. think most people who get hurt from ghosting have ghosted at some point in their life. Absolutely. Um, And I I think it's also like that fear of vulnerability and maybe that justification of, well, I didn't know them that long. So like, I don't owe them quote unquote anything Mm -hmm. because it's so uncomfortable. Why is it so uncomfortable?
1: Yeah, I think it's so uncomfortable because, well, half and half. I think it's uncomfortable and comfortable because a lot of it's through a screen. Right. So it takes away the humanness from it. So even if you met with a person once, and let's be honest, in let's be honest, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, in today's dating culture, a lot of first dates are people going out and getting drinks. Right. Mm-hmm. So people get drunk, they get a little bit more vulnerable, their inhibitions are lowered a little bit, and they feel like they can connect with someone. Then they sober up the next day and they're like, oh crap, I can't do this. I can't communicate with them. I don't know how to do this. So I think it makes it easy because then that person's away from you and they're just another person behind a screen and you, you can text them and they don't feel like a human. So it takes away the humanness of it. And then there's also the factor there of it's harder to be vulnerable because a lot of people use alcohol as their elixir to help them be vulnerable. And typically first dates that's involved.
0: That's very interesting that it's like the alcohol makes us more vulnerable. We connect a little bit more. And then maybe the next day we realize like, Oh, I don't know if I actually really vibes with them or like, Oh my God, maybe I opened up and now I'm a little freaked out. Or maybe I don't know if I want to see them again. And so the easiest thing is to hide behind the phone And just like you were saying about if they become another person or another text message, now we kind of put that into the apps, right, on Hinge or all of them. It's kind of like they're just another profile. So it's Mm -hmm. easy to dehumanize a little bit.
1: Right. And I think the apps also make it easier to just ghost someone and kind of push someone to the side because you go back on that app and you have millions of other options available at your fingertips by swiping. So like back in the day, dating, you didn't have that option. You had to go out physically and meet a new person. And it wasn't as easily accessible to find the next person that you had interest in.
0: Yeah. The the apps is like, I see a lot of great things and a lot of hard things. Like you were saying, yeah. it's like, we... I feel like it it gets makes it hard to commit or makes it hard to like feel good about the person that you're with because I think it allows us the second guess of like mm-hmm. what happens if there's someone better, mm-hmm. and like you said like several not even several good amount of years ago before all these apps before the internet texting it's like they didn't even have that option if you wanted to go someone I mean you probably just told them right then and there if you felt like it was a fit or. Maybe if they kept calling you, you would tell them, listen, I'm not really feeling it, but it would be mm-hmm. a very much different, a very different dynamic than the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think an interesting factor too now is a lot of people like
1: add someone they're hooking up with on Snapchat or Instagram, yes. right? And then they're just like lurking in the background for the rest of your life, right? They're watching yes. all your stories and stuff, but this person may have ghosted you, but then they're watching your Instagram stories. And that makes it even more confusing for people. Mm -hmm. Like people take a view on your story as interest. Yes. When really it's just that person probably beep, beep, beep through their stories Mm -hmm. and they don't care. But that's where it's the storytelling comes in, right? Creating this narrative surrounding what is this person thinking? And that's a part of ghosting that That's what makes ghosting so hard. That's what it makes it hurt so bad because we try to fill in the blanks and try to understand what the other person is thinking when we can't do that.
0: Right. I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like that was my entire dating history of Mm -hmm. like having all these fill in the blanks and then creating a story. And then don't forget, asking asking my friends to justify my story and validate Mm. my story because I had no story. And Mm -hmm. another thing I'm seeing with, with my clients is that it'll be like, well, he's not texting me, but they're texting me on Snapchat or they're sliding into my DMs. Right. right? So it's like this half commitment level where they fully ghost you. Mm -hmm. They're staying there as an option, but they didn't fully Mm -hmm. ghost you, but they're not really going for it.
1: Exactly. They're lurking. They're just kind of standing on the Mm -hmm. sidelines, waiting to see if you'll take the bait. Yes.
0: And that's so frustrating. It's like, yeah. And then how do you work with people? Or I guess like if you've seen friends or whomever to navigate that dynamic, because it is the worst.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I think is so important to remember is that if somebody ghosts you, it is not about you. It is 100% percent of the time them yes it is their lack of ability to communicate and it is something going on with them and we're never going to understand what's going on with someone else even if we are in such a tightly bonded relationship with someone, we're never going to fully understand what's going on for them and their experiences of things, even if they tell you every single thing that's going on in their head. So always reminding yourself that it's not about you. I think one of the biggest challenges that I see in clients and that I personally experienced, um, in prior in my dating history was that I always went to, what is it about me? What did I Mm -hmm. do wrong? What, like how were they interested and now suddenly they're not. And it's, it's not really about you in the end. And there's also so many layers that have to do with what makes people compatible. So obviously, if that person went on a date with you or they were texting you for a period of time and giving you some time, they had some level of interest in you. They thought you were attractive to some degree. They thought you were interesting to some degree. And then maybe after time went on, they either realized, all right, I'm not ready for this. And it seems like they're interested in something more than I'm interested in. I see that a lot where I think a challenge in today's dating culture is that like the we're just talking or we're just hooking up nobody knows what that really means. I know. And then people end their situationship and they're like, well, I don't understand why they ended it with me. And I'm like, well, what did you want out of this? You told them you didn't want a relationship. So what did you expect? Where do you want this to go? Every relationship ends in one of two ways. It either ends or you stay together forever. Right. And that's something I always reiterate to clients. So you you have to be honest with yourself about that that when you're going into any sort of dating relationship you need to know exactly what you're looking for and communicate that to the person that you are interested in
2: hi my name is gordon gooding i'm the founder and director of the gooding wellness group here in cold spring harbor new york we are a group of mental health providers that offer individual and family counseling here on long island we believe the first step for caring for your mental health is to talk and to learn about it which is what this podcast does such a great job of. If it has a name, someone else has been through it, and so can you. If you ever need a professional that cares about what you are facing, please feel free to reach out to us. Our counseling services are available throughout New York State through our teletherapy service, and we also offer in person sessions in our beautiful offices here on Long Island, New York. You can reach us at goodingwellness.com or by calling 631 631- Three five one two nine four zero Remember there's nothing that you need to face alone until then, keep listening, be deliberate with your mental health and keep it honest.
1: So I think that's a factor that um, people will someone will kind of realize all right, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not interested in the same thing that they're interested in, maybe they seem to be like moving at a different pace than me. Um, sometimes it's just that you don't vibe. Yeah. So I think a big piece is attachment styles, right? And I imagine a lot of listeners probably have an idea of attachment styles. It's being shoveled down our throat on TikTok now. Yes, so you have yes. a good idea of what, of what they are. And I think attachment style plays a really big role When you're first dating and people don't even realize it, that it's like subconsciously ingrained in you to either be attracted to or pushed away from someone who mirrors the attachment style that is healthy or unhealthy for you. So like two avoidant people are probably not going to be interested in each other because instantly they're going to see, you're not giving me what I need. And with my attachment style, you don't know that subconsciously you that's being recognized to you. And you're just like, I don't really like that person. You don't know why, but then typically an anxious attachment style is going to be like, what did I do? Why, Why aren't they interested in me? What's going on when maybe that person's just super avoidant and it has absolutely nothing to do with you. So I think that's also another factor to take into consideration that it might be your, your attachment style. And you might not even notice it. And then there's also just other factors that could be something else going on in that person's life, which we'll never know, mm-hmm. right? They might have a family issue that popped up that made it so they didn't feel like they could open themselves up to this anymore. Maybe a past partner slipped into their DMs and said, oh, my phone, my phone died exactly. for three years. And who knows? And that could be what the detour was. So it's not necessarily anything to do with you at your core. And I think the challenge is a lot of people go to that place of, am I not worthy? What's inherently wrong with me? And that's never it. There's always going to be someone out there who's a good fit for you. And the challenge is that we oftentimes attract people that are not good fits for us, which tends to be based on our own level of healing.
0: Oof. So good, Megan. So good. It's and and kind of reminds me of the storytelling, right? Like, Mm it's easier to blame it on me because I don't know the actual reasons. So Mm -hmm. in a way to almost control the situation and so I'm not wondering and worrying, well, it must be me. So at least I know that's the end result. And so how can I, I don't know, work on that or how can I blame myself, right? Mm -hmm. Leaving it up to, well, you don't know what it is. Usually most people are like, I don't like that explanation because they want Mm -hmm. an answer. But all the things that you've said, none of it was, well, you might've said something wrong or it might. And even if it was something that we mm-hmm. said that, I don't know, triggered the other person has nothing to do with you and exactly. says everything about what's going on for that person. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But either way, it doesn't, it may not, it just doesn't mean that we're a right fit and that's totally okay. I'd rather be with someone who is committed and has secure attachment or can work with my attachment style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So even if you
1: said something quote unquote wrong for the person who's a good fit for you, you saying that to them is not going to be met with whatever with, with rejection or denial or whatever it is. It's about your ability to connect with that specific person. And that's really important. And going back to what you were saying about it almost being about control also, like being able to control the narrative. We're also meaning seeking beings. Mm -hmm. So our brains are constantly trying to figure out why things are the way that they are. It's just how our brain works. So anytime something happens that doesn't make sense to us, our brain goes into overdrive and is like, all right, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. So it's trying to pull all the pieces And I think the challenging part is that you kind of have to choose between two evils in these situations where if you go to the place of that guy sucked, he was just an asshole or whatever it is. Now you're essentially saying I pick shitty people. Um... So it's kind of deciding between am I going to blame myself and have it be something I could actually maybe work on? Or is it going to be, I just pick really horrible people for myself, which might feel a little bit harder to work on if you don't exactly know why you're mm-hmm. choosing these people. So once again, it goes back to that place of your ability to find someone who is a good fit for you. I really think comes down to your own level of healing and your
0: own self-awareness. It's so true that a lot of times the people we choose are actually projections of what's going on for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Do
0: I deserve someone that it treats me well or do, am I going to settle for someone that I have to explain their behavior or I have to justify mm-hmm. their behavior? Right. Right. Exactly. And as much as we don't want
1: to buy into the, we're attracted to people who are like our parents. hmm It's true It is, and it's not necessarily in a positive way, right? So if someone grew up in a really chaotic household with a parent who had a mental health diagnosis or an addiction, they'll find themselves attracted to people who are chaotic and are unstable and are not going to give them consistency or they'll find themselves going to the polar opposite. But typically, you don't go to that polar opposite until you have done your own deeper level of healing because we go to what we know. We're always attracted to what we know, whether we want to or not. So I think that's also a really big self-awareness piece to kind of check in with yourself. And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients. Being really clear on what it is that you're looking for in your relationships And like, what are the qualities of your past partners doing kind of an inventory of, Mm -hmm. all right, well, what are some similarities that past partners have had? Hmm. Why do you think you're constantly attracted to people who are inconsistent and can't stick to a plan? Does that relate to anything in your life in the past? And oftentimes that's when that light bulb goes off. And then that's what we make the deal breaker. If that person in the beginning stages of dating, the new person that you're starting to see, can't be consistent, bye.
0: Yep. Next. 110%. If they don't show up for you now, they're mm-hmm. not going to show up for you in a year. No. No. Absolutely not. I have a question. So yeah. to, to kind of end this out, what would you suggest, let's say if someone is, like this is another kind of question I got was they're chatting for a while, whether it be texting on the phone for a few hours, kind of developing this rapport and then they get ghosted. Do mm-hmm. you suggest that the person who got ghosted to reach out and ask why and kind of follow up? What do you suggest that person do?
1: Mm-hmm. So if this, if I were working with a client who was grappling with this, what I would suggest is looking at their why why do they want to reach out and what is getting a response from that person going to do for them and if they don't get a response how are they going to feel because the thing is whenever we reach back out we're always expecting something in return right And typically, people aren't going to meet your expectations. The the fights that we have in our head and the conversations we have in our head never play out the way that we plan them in our brain. So I think it would really come down to what's your goal? Are you going to feel better about it that you advocated for yourself and you communicated what you needed to communicate, even if they don't answer you, even if they give you a really shitty answer that you didn't want, are you still going to feel better in the end? If you feel like I'm going to feel really bad about myself, if they don't answer me, I'm going to feel really bad about myself. If they tell me I just didn't like you anymore. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't interested anymore. Don't do it because it's not going to give you a more positive outcome than where you're already at. So I think it really depends on the person their goal and the specific situation.
0: That's really helpful because I get a lot of those questions, even from friends or like I've had that question in the past or from clients that it's like a lot of times it's almost like they want to have that one last say, or they want to mm-hmm. get it out or they want to know why. And I mm-hmm. love that, that. Even if it's something, even if it is constructive feedback, is mm-hmm. that going to make? how is that going to make you feel at the end? What is right. your out of this? What's the motive Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And taking that piece into consideration that if that person wasn't emotionally there enough to not ghost you in the first place, odds are they're not going to be emotionally attuned enough to give you a really good reason and be honest with you. They're probably going to give you a bullshit answer anyway. Yeah. So kind of like exploring that within yourself of are you okay with that ultimately?
0: Yes. Yes. We got to be okay with the outcome, whether it's something we want to hear or something we don't. So yeah. thank you so much, Megan. This was like so insightful, even for me. So <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna help a lot of people, I feel like. How can people find you or work with you? So you can find
1: me on Psychology Today by searching my name, Megan Moraldi, M-E-A-G-A-N not the typical way of spelling (laughs) it, Um, or you can go to jkoreacounseling.com and you can find their phone number on the website, or you can send in an inquiry online through
0: email. Awesome. Yes. And Megan will be back next week. And if you want to ask me a question to be answered on the podcast anonymously, you can DM it to let's be honest pod on Instagram or email it to let's be honest at goodingwellness.com. Check us out on YouTube, head to goodingwellness.com to see if you want to work with any of our wonderful clinicians, and we'll see you next week.